time on a Sunday, we invite someone to come in to uh, play songs that uh, are important to them, to talk to us about the world that they live in and the work that they do, and indeed to invite guests that uh, they believe would be interesting to add to the conversation as well. Our guest today is Maimuna Skoltz. She's the director of a project called Where Rainbows Meet in the Western Cape. It's a Cape Town-based community support organization, and what it has done, it's responded to the worsening COVID-19 food crisis with a focus on food security for many people who don't have that security. We had her briefly on the show last week, and we thought that given that it was Women's Month, this was something that we would like to take further, and it's a conversation which talks to what it means to be a citizen in this country and to really engage in a social contract uh, with society and with communities on the line. Mamuna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me again, Michelle. It's really an honor to be on the show. The honor, is, the honor is all ours, Maimuna. Let's uh, just go briefly to the song that you chose. It seems kind of appropriate because I'm sure you've had to make many sacrifices in your life as well. <laughs> Elton John, why? Um, I've always loved his music. Mm. Um, I love the song because life is all about sacrifices. Um, I had to make a lot of sacrifices when I started the organization. When I wanted to leave my previous paid job, Hmm. I had to make sacrifices and think what will the future be, not having a salary and starting something new. So uh, that song really speaks volumes to me. Life is all about sacrifices and the choices that you make. And it is about love, you know, it's all about love. Mamuna, let's go back uh, to your youth and the kind of upbringing that you had, because uh, it doesn't come as something out of the blue when one decides to engage in the way that you are engaging with your communities. How were you brought up? Um, I grew up with a family. My mom was a domestic worker. My father was in the motor industry, a panel beater. Um, It was a challenging life for us as children because she was the second wife. We did not have a luxurious life. Um, we grew up in the same settlements, like um, a house like the people live in the settlements, the shacks. Um, but it was a beautiful shack inside. You know, it was like, looked like a brick inside where my father built it. Um, we faced many challenges as children because there were three wives within the, the, the life of my father. And if you know, as the culture of the Muslims, that they believed in having three many wives, um, I could not understand it as I grew older and asked many questions to my mother. Um, we did not have an easy life as well. We, you know, nutrition, food, and everything else was concerned. Um, most of my siblings did not complete school. I did not complete school at the age of 17, you know, due to the uh, constant boycotting and that my father felt that what's the use of going to school and you're more at home than at school and he decided that I should stay at home and yeah I became the little housemaid in the house you know I had to cook clean and and do everything so you say that as a young um, young woman, you questioned your father's choices with regards to having three wives. How did your mother respond to it? And did she was she able to validate it for you? 
You know, my mother always used to say that she loved my father and he, he was always chasing after her. She was a young girl and my father's first wife was chosen for him and he, she was the one that he chose, you know, and, you know, I still couldn't understand that at my young age because, yeah, yeah it's just the way the women, they were treating my mother and it was not good. Yeah, I'm interested. I think it's an interesting conversation to raise, particularly as we do move into the month of August. Maimone, you talk about the fact that you didn't finish school, that you were expected to work from home. And yet you then shifted your life into uh, or onto another road. You took uh, the fork in the road. Tell us about that. Um, yeah, look, I was at home most of the time. I did a lot of reading. I, I watched movies. I, You know, I became inspired by others and what they achieved in life. And I wanted more for myself, you yeah. know. And, yeah, it didn't happen only in in my late cities. You know, I was already married. Yeah. And I just decided one day that this is not the life I want for myself. I raised my three sons. They went to school and I was all alone at home. My husband was working and I was very bored. And I looked at my life and I said to myself, this is not the life that I want for myself. I had dreams and it is dreams and goals that I wanted to pursue. Tell us about those dreams and tell us how you pursued them. Um, yeah, look, the thing is, is I, I was sleeping one morning and then my brother-in-law came and his friend and they normally used to come there for tea in the mornings and I wasn't in the mood that morning for anybody because I looked at my life and I didn't want that life for yeah. myself. Yeah. And Hello? Mamuna? Yeah, I didn't want that life for myself. So they pushed me out of bed and said, look, there's a place called the Newman Foundation and they will really help you. And I felt really bad that morning because my life just felt that it was, it came to an end, you know? There was no dreams, there was no goals, there was no passion. Yeah. And But the two of them, they were so eager to motivate me. And they pushed me out of bed, and I said, just give me a chance. And I got all dressed up, and they took me to the New Foundation. And that is where my journey began. Mamuna, we're able to hear how painful this is for you. And um, we're going to go to a break. We do need to go to a break. But when we come back, uh, I'd like to talk to you about, if you don't mind, what that pain is about, the about the the shutting down of a life that was that felt so useless and the ability and the extraordinary ability on your side to then move on and make shift and change. So I'm going to go to a break so that you can get a glass of water. Um, and when you come back, we'll talk to you about that further. The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. If you have just joined us, 20 past nine, and you are with the Jet Set Breakfast, I'm Michelle Constant. And it's at this time on a Sunday that we have a guest presenter, someone that we feel is doing extraordinarily inspirational work, someone that can shift and change the way we look at the world and can help us uh, with our own challenges in terms of how we engage with society. Our guest today is Maimuna Skoltz. She's the director for an amazing project called Where Rainbows Meet. 
Mamuna is talking about her history, where she's come from. Mamuna, I wanted to just raise the fact you 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 show and uh, have expressed your own pain at uh, waking up one morning and not feeling able to even get out of bed. And I think that this is a the level of depression that many many men and women are feeling in this country at the moment. And I wonder if you could maybe just talk us uh, through, as difficult as it is, what it meant to get out of bed. You say your brother-in-law arrived. What it meant for them to say, no, let us help you. Let us help you shift and change your world. I think when, you know, when someone has people that cares about you, it really means a lot. And I had to really look at myself. You know, here's two guys that is motivating me and inspiring me to get up out of bed, no matter where I don't feel like getting out. They really changed my mind that morning and saying, you can still do something with your life. Hmm. You don't have to lay in bed. Get up, dress up, and let's take you somewhere where you can really do something for yourself and with yourself. Um, It was not easy, you know, feeling the way I do because I had dreams when I was in school and those dreams were just shattered, yeah. you know, and I had, I wanted to do something and and be able to, to help people. That has always been my dream and going to the Newer Foundation that morning and just registering and enrolling myself for a 10-week course and within that course, it was a life skills component, component. And that component was, you know, where life skills was really the core that I needed to reshape myself and and, and just mold and, and change my mindset in order to move forward in becoming the person that I really wanted to be. Jeez. You know, Mamuna, you talk about that moment of shift and change. I mean, it literally is the fork in the road that we mentioned earlier. Do you remember a moment when you were at the foundation that that suddenly the light started to shine and you felt like, you know what, I can make this shift. I can make a difference, not just to my life, but to other lives as well. Um, While I was attending the course, when I registered for the course, you know, immediately something changed in me. Hmm. And that was positiveness. It was hope. It was a new meaning to life, and it changed my life. Um, When I attended the Life Skills program, I realized just there and then, this is the journey. This is meant for me to be on this road that I'm going to travel on. Life Skills is about enhancing the quality of life, and it teaches oneself how to overcome one's challenges. So advice to others. And I would like to say that we've just had an SMS sent through by one of our colleagues at the SABC, Sisbuli, to say, please send virtual flowers to Maimuna um, because she certainly is teaching us how to look at the world differently. So um, virtual flowers your way. Wish they could be real. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mamuna, I think that what you um, describe is how important it is to have other people around us who can support us and help us and engage with us in helping us uh, take our journeys forward. 
Is there anybody specific that you have found over the years that you've thought, you know, this person really has helped me in how I've made the decisions and how I've made certain choices in my life? The one person that I could always count on was my husband. Yeah. A very humble, bubbly, kind person. Every day the same. Never judgmental. Always guide me in the right direction. He's never tolerated anything wrong or negative. Yeah. If I'm wrong, he would put me in my place. <laughs> he would always support me, will never put me down. He will always stand up for me. But if I'm wrong, he will make sure I understand that I am wrong and I need to rectify my wrongs. We're going so to go. He's really, my, my, my pillar. Yeah. And also a person that I really look up to besides my mother, my late mother. Mamuna, we're going to go into your second choice of song. And it does seem that there is a narrative around your songs. Your very first song was around sacrifice. We have two choice songs here, Mariah Carey's Her Hero and Miley Cyrus with The Climb. Now, uh, it seems to me that uh, both of them are telling a very strong story about your personal life. Which one do you feel we should be going to at this point in the conversation? Um. I feel Mariah Carey. Yeah. Because of the, the the words, you know, I had to reach within my soul. Yeah. You know, I mustn't lose the hope because at some point I felt that hope was gone. Yeah. And I needed to push myself and I needed to find the strength within myself in order to move from where I was and where I wanted to be, I wanted to survive because I felt the, 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 you know, the river that I was in. I needed to survive because yeah. of the roughness of the water. And starting the, the organization, you know, has made me realize, you know, the world didn't want me in that community at that point and the songs that I listened to uplifted my soul and I could face the world and realizing that there is something within my soul and I am a hero (laughs) and I needed to believe that I am that hero but I needed to cast my fears aside and just find that strength within myself. We're talking to Maimuna Skolz. She's the director of the project Where Rainbows Meet. We're going to play her next song, which is dedicated to her and is her choice song. It's uh, Mariah Carey and Hero. And when we come back after sports, we're going to talk about Where Rainbows Meet and what it means to be a citizen of society out into your community to make a difference to give up on a paying job and to really start to say what is my purpose in the world but before we do that the jet set breakfast with michelle constant it's 9.35 and uh, it is our Sunday morning guest presenter slot. Our guest today is Maimuna Skoltz, who is the director of a project called Where Rainbows Meet. And uh, a little bit later, we will be interviewing two of her choice guests as well to help take the narrative that we are following forward this morning. 
Maimuna, thank you so much uh, for opening up to us uh, in this conversation. I think that uh, there must have been a massive decision, given what you've told us about your upbringing, about the challenges of your life, about uh, your deep depression at one point, and uh, then your move forward into uh, another space. The, the decision to throw everything into the air and to start working on where rainbows meet, to create a community support organization out of nothing is, is a phenomenal thing. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, Michelle, in 2007, I faced abuse at my previous workplace. And, you know, it was during the, the days of 16 days of activism where I raised awareness around that to women. And yeah. at that, during that same day, I was faced with a challenge. And just there, I decided it's time for me to quit my job and move on. And I wanted to start a business of my own. You know, that has been my dream is to be a, my, oh, have my own business and to partner it with my husband in the, in the panel meeting and motor industry. Yeah. But you know, when I resigned there, the community called me back and the community asked me what is going to happen to them. And the more I explained to them that the organizations are still there, they can still do the work, it's just that I will be leaving. But the community wasn't happy with it, and they asked me to do something and work with them. Because what's the use of having the skills and not knowing how to implement those skills into the community itself? And then they asked me why I don't start an organization. And, you know, at that point in time, it affected too much of me. Because I just faced this dilemma at my previous organization, not having offices, not having equipment, only my resources, my material that I had. And I just felt this is not possible. They expect too much of me. Hmm. But, you know, in 2008, I had a group of youngsters walking from Freigrond to my house. And, you know, when you're at home, you sit in front of the TV, you drink a cup of tea, you have that swell coat on your head. Um, and I looked out by the window and I saw these group of youngsters by my gate. And the only thing I said to myself, oh my goodness, look outside the window. And they came to ask me, please come back. And hmm. you know, in January 8th, I went back into Freichron and an immense sadness came over me. It was quiet and isolated and I didn't want that for Freichron because I fell in love with the community. And just there and then I decided that I will come and, and work in Freiburg. I did not have anything. I only had the car that was called the Titanic, which was falling apart. I had my materials within the car, and it was so amazing that people used to come to the car to talk to me about social cases. And in the afternoons, I would work with the youth on open air. And that is how the rainbow journey started. So, Open so, field, in the Titanic, and, you know, not having a laptop, nothing, no equipment. My eldest son borrowed resources by his friends. I worked one of their laptops to the ground. It couldn't <laughs> work anymore. 
And then I got a second laptop borrowed from each other friends, and that is how the Rainbow Journey started. So, so, so tell us where rainbowsmeet.org. Tell us uh, what that organization does uh, and uh, who you support. The Rainbows Meet is a training and development foundation. We train people, we develop, we mentor, and we make sure there's a firm foundation in order for them to take ownership of their lives. Training through computer training, leadership skills, community development, organizational development. We have sports and recreation. We have aftercare programs. We have um, dance programs. We have our women's program, which is our sewing and beading project. We have our gardening project. Um, We have, you know, we have so many programs that anybody can be a part of. Nobody you, should feel left out. You you talk about um, starting the organization off with your old chore and a computer that you worked into the ground with absolutely nothing, in fact. But I suppose in retrospect, you were looking at a community that had even less. And I wonder if you could just talk to us about the communities that you work in. Maybe describe them for our listeners. Freyholm is a community that I fell in love with. The community has, you know, so little. The houses that I go into, it's really not. There is no human dignity to live in that way. No one should live in a house like that. And that inspired me to, to really equip the people through educational programs in order for them to, to create a better life for themselves, to reach higher, to dream bigger, and to achieve much more. That is not a way of life, what I see in Freyfron. There is no human dignity to live that way. Maimuna, you um, have had to really, I suppose one could call it, expand your scope and scale into areas that were not necessarily part of your initial strategy because of COVID-19. Perhaps you could just describe that for our listeners. We were actually looking at what is it that we want to achieve for all our people, communities in need, no matter where it is. We would go into any community that is in need of our support and our mentoring, our help, our guidance. And we started targeting area by area. And we got to know youth from areas like your Guguli to your Nyanga, your Kailicha, your um, Philippi areas, all those areas we have youth that is part of rainbows that we team up and integrate because our society as there is a division in our communities, and I wanted to bridge that, the, the youth together, because it starts with our new generation, where we need to let go of our hatred, and we need to move past that and bring the changes that is needed. And that is how I started moving into these areas, earning the trust of all our youth, and most importantly, our women, which are the soldiers of the communities and really the backbone that is trying to break the cycle of poverty in various areas and really just strive harder to bring the changes in their own areas. It was not an easy task. 
And so, I came into Freygron, I was really not accepted with open arms, believe me. You had to really work it. I had to really work hard. Yeah. I had the Cossacks on the one side that was asking, what is this colored woman doing here? And then I had my own people saying, is she here to make money of us? So it's lots of challenges that I face within the community. And it's true what the saying is. You know, you've got to earn the trust and the respect of the people. And it took me really 25 long years earn that trust and the respect of the communities every way. Mamuna, you uh, mentioned uh, powerful women earlier and your first guest, uh, Asa Davids, is indeed another woman who is doing extraordinary work. She's the director of the uh, Women uh, Hope for the Nation uh, project or campaign. And I wonder why you decided you would like to speak to Asa. Aisha is a phenomenal woman. You know, you get a woman like us that has never been recognized. Yeah. And Aisha is from the community herself. And what she's doing to help others is really amazing. You know, she faces her own challenge, but she gives so much of herself to others as well. And it is time that she also shines. And it's time that she rise and being acknowledged as a woman. So I just want to say that uh, one of our goals of this show is to recognize women and recognize people that are doing extraordinary things in this country that, as you say, don't always get recognized. Isa Davids, thank you so much for joining us on the line. Hello. Thanks for inviting me. Isa, I was intrigued and I had heard about um, Women Hope for the Nation and the project that you guys are involved in, uh, particularly the Neighborhood Watch. I mean, a group of women saying enough is enough. We are going out and we are going to be part of a Neighborhood Watch. Tell us a little bit about that particular project. Okay, um, the reason we, we started with the Neighborhood Watch in our community a few years back, it was only women. And I think what actually made our um, neighborhood was much stronger that time is that one of my members, my vice chairperson, was shot dead, and she was also part of the neighborhood watch. And due to the violence that we went through in our area, she was shot dead in a place um, on the informal settlement. And I think that um, initiative, that started our initiative to take and go to the street and see how we could do even to protect in our neighborhood watch regarding the gang violence that actually happened. And I think we experienced many things where people were shot, where they had to give assistance, where they had to get an ambulance. And we went a lot through what was the neighborhood watch, especially being women and especially being um, having limited resources at that time, where we did not even have many times assistance of sex and had to mm. do it on our own. Asa, I understand that you actually started a series of um, uh, campaigns or rather uh, skills development programs teaching uh, youngsters to manage aggressive behavior, also learning techniques of self-discipline. Tell us about that. Okay, what, what basically happened is that on the time with the gang violence, you know, they were bored, so um, the youngsters could not go to school because of therapy and the borderline, which was a concern because these youngsters were not even gang-related 
And then they got scared because whenever they were on their way to school, they were assaulted. And then they started dropping out um, on school. And um, it became a concern for us because this is youngsters that actually wanted to complete their education. So what basically happened is one or two came to us and we started and we saw that we really needed to look into this, that we could not sit with more um, youngsters that actually became gangsters. And on mm. that time, actually, we started this campaign where we went to Salvation um, Primary School, Seapoint. Um, we went there and we said that we have got this youngsters that really wants to um, complete the education. We started with the family strengthening where we spoke to the parents and said that this young people actually wants to go to school. And their concern is where else could they go because they could not go into the area, so where else? And yeah. then we went to solutions and we spoke to them and the people said to us that we can give them the training, we can give them the education that they need to travel, but we will even cover their expenses. And we went back to the parents and then we had 33 or 5 youngsters that actually started with the education at solutions where to our um, belief, we could not actually believe because those children traveled with the train, they went to school every day, and we had two youngsters from that that actually um, completed and went to BESP college that was in South River, and they completed the course, and that was where we saw that this is young people that actually want to study, but the problem again that we said was is that government actually disappointed the children because there was no resources for our kids or there was no resources where they could come back to and even say, um, can we open a center here because they could learn how to become plumbers, bricklayers. And so many times we spoke about this, even to counselors and to know well anything happens where these children could go back or even come into the area to become role models and get other youngsters to also start with that because the concern was, there was no research. Isa, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to put a pause on you there simply because we're running out of time, and uh, our next guest who is Maimuna's second guest, Maimuna, I'm loving that uh, in this month. But let's just forget about this month. All twelve months of the year, it should be. We are celebrating women who are doing extraordinary work within your community and uh, more further afield as well. Your second guest is uh, Eliza James or Eliza James, who's the director of the African Scholars Fund. Maimona, why Eliza? Eliza is also one of the most amazing women that I've met. She's not just, uh, you know, from the uh, director from um, Africa Scholar Foundation. She's also a very good friend of mine. I love her work. I believe in education. They go into the rurals. They make a difference. They they support education, and that is what our people need. She mm. sacrificed some of her time when she was on a break and coming out into the communities helping with the COVID-19, coming in there by force, and, you know, not really thinking about, you know, I can also be infected, I can get the virus. She just gave 100% energy and clouded back into the community, and that is something I appreciate about her. Eliza, thank you for joining us and for joining Maimuna here on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, it is a surprise to me, but then again, that's how my Nuna, where rainbows <laughs> meet and myself work. Um, you know, 
we, we, we collaborate, we support each other. So as much as it is a surprise for me to be on the show as a guest, it also is not. <laughs> You know, you've, so, you've, you've met, Eliza, you've mentioned a very important word, and it seems to me, if I listen to Maimuna speaking, that this is something that we need to engage with more, is this idea of collaboration. There's, there is talk that as we move forward and look at sustainable models, whether they are in the private sector or the not-for-profit sector, the way to make the pie bigger is to collaborate and uh, scale in that way. Is that something that you believe through uh, the work that you do at the African Scholars Fund? Absolutely. You know, as an organization, there is only so much that our organization can do. But of course, with the, with the kind of learner that we support, there are many other needs that um, an organization like where Rainbow's Need can step in. So I think it's important for for any kind of social enterprise to know what the others are doing, whether oh, it's in their sphere of interest, like I'm in education. My Munas is much wider, but whatever we can, whatever gap we can fill, I know that I can just um, lean on my Muna to maybe just step in when necessary, and she can get the same from our organisation as well. So I think it really is important for, for organizations to know one another and to collaborate and in that way bring a more holistic service to and into the community. So I think that uh, you've raised something really important. And Mamuna, I'll throw it back at you as well to maybe look at. Is this idea of need, um, the just ever-expanding need that we see in this country, the inequality, the poverty, the ever-increasing unemployment. Um, do you ever feel that uh, you'll get on top of it? Is, I mean, do you not, not ever feel like this is actually too much? Um, no. We can never feel that we need to <laughs> feel the way that it is too much. Yeah. Every time a person walks through the door and you change that person's life, Starfish, that yeah. is a step into the direction of change. And yeah. that person that walks out, finding a job, leaves a space for a new person to come into and bring the changes to that person. We must never give up on people because people have the ability to change people one at a time. Yeah, it's the, the starfish theory. You throw one back and it uh, can can grow and expand further. Eliza, do you ever feel a sense of like depression or is this something that you have to push to the side in order to make sure that you can make the difference that uh, Maimuna is talking about? <laughs> you know, when you asked Maimuna the question and she said no, I had <laughs> such a smile on my face because I thought, no, how can we ever feel that this is too much, this is never ending. Uh, you know, it, there is just no way you can feel that way. If you know what your organization is about, and I'm sure I speak for my Muna, I mean, I was there when she started where Rainbow's Meet. I have such admiration for this woman. And so I'm saying it to you now publicly, my Muna, <laughs> and she knows it, you know. There is just no way you can ever feel that way because 
you know what your organization is about. You know the impact you have on another's life. And you see that you are able to break that cycle of poverty. You might not be able sometimes to take somebody out of that situation that they're in, in terms of impoverishment, but you change that person's entire mindset, their outlook on life, their level of self-esteem, and that, that is huge. That is huge because it gives that person or that family hope for what lies ahead. You know, so if we can inspire hope, um, that is, for me, that's a big thing. So, even with the African Scholars Fund, we we into our 50th year, and for an organization to be around for 50 years, that's long. We must be doing something right, you know. And I just want to give you, just I just want to read one little um, piece that that one of our past verses wrote to us. I've got so many here, and in fact, it's interesting that that we on this thing uh, on the on the show. Um, but just to give you an idea. Of, and remember the kind of learner that we help. And Maimuna is in this commun- these communities with these children that are at high schools, at no fee schools. They live off social grants. Yeah. They live off the granny pension or, 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 or child support or something. So, um, and to, to, to think that, that this is the kind of, 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 of youngster that we help ourselves and Maimuna. And yet they become, what they become is just so amazing. So it just adds into your question of, do we ever feel that this is too much, that nothing will come off it? So I just want to give you okay, go one example. Okay? Um, there's this one young lady. We, we helped her, for instance, when she was at high school from 2003 to 2008. She left, um, she passed grade 12. She wanted to study law. She couldn't, but she attended Buffalo City College and then step by step built herself up. She's now a PA and senior administrative officer at the Center for Learning Technologies at Stellenbosch University. But what is so nice is, despite all the other things that she said, she ends her little um, piece that she wrote to us by saying, in 2016, I was able to build a house for my mom who has been a domestic worker all her life. And she says, a house in her name, a house we call home, and she spelled home in capital letters with an exclamation mark. She says, you gave me the chance, you gave me a chance that that saw me where I am today. I can never thank you enough for this. I truly started from nothing, but now my track record tells a tale, a little tale. Thank you. We've got tons of those. <laughs> and my Muna, too, I know, has tons of Okay, I'm, I have to sadly leave you at that, uh, Eliza, because uh, we are running short on time. And Maimuna, I just wanted to celebrate you with a couple of comments. Um, someone has mm-hmm. just written to say, Michelle, I'm absolutely humbled and inspired by Maimuna Skoltz. I have met Maimuna. I haven't met Maimuna, but I'm very aware of her phenomenal work in the Freigrund and surrounding community. Maimuna is a heroine 
and uh, she is a heroine of the downtrodden with the support of her husband Anwar and her family. She truly cares and is the original altruist and that comes from Owen in Retreat. Uh, Tyrone has said, good morning SFM, huge, huge credits to your guest Maimuna. Well done. Knowing the areas you operate from with your organization where rainbows meet, it's not easy. Survival is key and happy, happy Women's Month to you. We do have to get out of here. Maimuna, I want to just say you have inspired many people with your guests and with your own story. And if anybody does want to get hold of you, super easy, get onto the website where rainbowsmeet.org. They can do with as much support as they possibly can. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for the news. It's no longer good morning. It's now goodbye.